ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to RAA Ridiculous Athletic Adversity. Roar Hawks Anonymous Rams are awesome. We are back with Impossible Lomas. Hello. And back on the H, Dino Blandino. Roar! He's back on the horse. He's back. He's riding. He's galloping on that horse back and forth between Pontiac and Ford Field. Open for his fortunes to change somehow, some he's way. Looking for, he's looking for the silver dome. He doesn't know it's not there anymore. <laughs> he knows it's it's some horrible ancient burial ground that he can sense its presence, but it's not mm-hmm. there. I can actually smell it from afar. What, and what yeah. does it smell like? Uh, you know, like post-industrial waste um, just seeping into the soil. You can kind of feel it in your bones. You can feel your bones starting to like kind of uh, waste away inside of you. And also, and also I think they can knock down the silver dome. They can clear the land. They can erase any memory of it, but they'll never totally get rid of the stench of beer and piss that just pervades <laughs> no. that place. It's the yeah. only football stadium that's also a super fun site in the NFL. <laughs> It's like fenced up with that tarp so that like when the wind blows, the debris doesn't scatter. It's uh, it's interesting. Like for some reason, an unusually large percentage of people that worked on that were also involved in the Chernobyl cleanup. I mean, I'm calling it not a coincidence is all I got to say. No, this is toxicity of a different sort. Yeah, you know, uh, if they if they do a follow-up study on the crew that cleaned up the Silver Dome and knocked it down, I, I think that the results would be revealing. You know, like 50% no longer with us. Right. Oh, my God. Wait for the HBO miniseries. Just these, like, horrible, you know, these blue-collar men, like, wasting away and their wives at their feet with their little babies and their Megatron jerseys. Just the tragedy unknown to all of them. They're deformed well, children. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're on a tight schedule today. This was this will likely be the shortest REA episode of all time, which means it, it's at least under three and a half hours. Um, uh, but so let's dive in with a little serenity prayer. Dino, I know okay. you need it because you always need it. May the ghost of... Bobby Lane, grant me the serenity to accept the things about being a Lions fan I cannot change, the courage to change the things about being a Lions fan that I can, and the wisdom to know that the Lions will always suck. Amen. Dino, question about the serenity prayer in you. What are the things about being a Lions fan that you have the courage to change? Um, Well... Okay, so after last week's rather gut check of an episode, I decided to um, uh, make a change, which is that this this past Sunday, I wasn't ready to go cold turkey and cut the lions out of my Sunday. But I did, however, um, successfully record them uh, on my Sling TV thing. And uh, I guess it's in the cloud, really. 
And I waited and actually I had some work to do. So I worked through uh, until 4.30 when I was uh, knew the game would be over. I didn't check uh, my phone or any any uh you know spoilers and then i proceeded to watch the game in about 45 minutes um which is really just all the action skipping the commercials and in be in between the plays and i do have to say i believe that did make a difference in terms of it felt like it ruined a portion of my sunday as obviously the lions suffered another just gut punch low blow of a loss a punch right to the uh to the balls really um in terms of a loss and yet it didn't take up three and a half plus hours of my sunday and so the effect just wasn't as as large and I, I think that took a certain courage on my part well that's good to hear that's good to hear lomas uh i'm assuming that you are steering clear of the detroit lions as far as watching any of the Detroit Lions live or at any great length. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct, Todd. Um, You know, this past Sunday, it actually crossed my mind. Should I try to watch the game? Should I seek it out? You know, go on, go deep down into the dark web and try to find some stream. And as that thought was passing through my mind, every cell in my body was just screaming out, no, don't fucking do it and so i didn't and how do you feel about the decision it was the right decision and what do you make of that thought that surfaced the original the the devil thought we might call it to be honest with you i've tried to just suppress that thought and um and not think much about it i but i think it's um you know there's no surprise listen i'm still doing this podcast right I'm still a charter member of RAA. There's a reason for that. As we should just all remind ourselves, there's no cure for this. Right. There's you only know, treatment. There's only treatment, which, you know, which I'm perfectly, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm in this for the rest of my life. So those thoughts yeah. will surface from time to time. Um, are, you, are you wearing your 10-year your robe today? Is that, it looks like a new robe. Is that, was that given to you at your 10th your year meeting? Uh. Yeah, actually, this is this is actually um, the robe from the first Rocky movie, and it has like the, that meat, like that meat locker business to, uh, patch on the back. It's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Well, I I did something similar to Dino in that I definitely decided after last week's very very difficult experience that I was not going to have anything to do with this game while it was underway. I, I right. texted everybody, including Fantetti, and said, do not send me anything while this game's happening. And then at the top of the hour, so it would have been five o'clock your time, I think. Four, I don't know. When I knew it had to be over. Right. I took a look at the score. And needless to say, and, and I'll throw it all back to Dino in a moment. Needless to say, I was somewhat surprised by the score and but also kind of amused because the only thing less surprising than a line score is a surprising line score, <laughs> if that makes any paradoxical sense. Like you're like, yeah. oh, my God. And that was even before I then looked at kind of the, the scoring plays and the general trajectory of the game. I was like, holy crap, they almost won. 
Yeah. And right. and somehow I had a sense that I'm really glad. I was extra glad, in fact, that I hadn't tried to watch it. Because if the score had been like 38 to 10, I would have been like, well, that that wouldn't have been too hard to watch because it would have been over pretty soon. So Blandino, you wait. So Uncle Ted, I yeah. just want to clear, um, get a point of clarification here. Is the reason that you didn't want any updates texted to you? You weren't planning on then watching the game. Mm-mm. You just didn't want to be sucked in. I all. just didn't want. I wanted at least through like four o'clock on Sunday. I wanted a Lions free Sunday. Oh, okay. I wanted it not to have. I wanted to get that deep into the afternoon without them having had any effect on the day. And then okay. I was not. I was planning on, and this is what I did: was just to watch the NFL.com like five and a half minute highlight reel. I watched oh, nothing I else. Right. I wound okay. up reading a fair amount about the game just because of the absurdity of it, including which we'll get to the post game news conference for our beloved embattled yes. coach, our Shakespearean coach. Um, <laughs> But I did not. No, no. I mean, I really, in fact, I, I wanted, my real goal was like not to even check any of it or look at any scores until like right. evening. But we all have our limits. I have found, and then I want to turn this over to Blandino to get the blow by blow. I have found much to my dismay that the, the escapist pull of football is, is really powerful on me this season. Like I have found myself actually a little bit following some college football, which I had more mm-hmm. or less wow. stopped following in its entirety. But there's mm. kind of interesting things happening. It was a really interesting weekend in college football because Alabama lost. Right. And there right. was this crazy, I don't know if you guys followed this at all, but the game between Texas and Oklahoma was bananas in a whole right. bunch of ways including projected number one picks, Shane Rattler from QB1. Yeah, getting benched. Getting pulled, and then really? the, the freshman yeah. who came in rallied them to a win. It's, it was Whoa. a crazy game. Why did he get pulled? Was he just playing like shit? He had a turnover. He just looked a little skittish. They were the way, they were down by a ton. And they were getting and buried. They, they were getting buried. Yeah. And then wow. they came back from like three touchdowns back and won the game, and it's a whole – one wow. can only imagine – the, the chatter in Norman, Oklahoma right now. Yeah, really. But in any case, um, it was hard Plus, to not. Dare I say, line. I mean, it, uh, you know, both major Michigan programs, Michigan and Michigan State, are undefeated. Neither was expected to be very good this year. And here they are, both ranked in the top 10 with uh, a matchup coming in two weeks, which will definitely take over the state, assuming both. Mm-hmm go into it undefeated so yeah yeah the loser has to get drafted by the lions that's (laughs) what they've already agreed on (laughs) right that's so dino let's uh tell me a little bit about about this game what you you saw basically the red meat of this game you shaved off all the temporal fat right all the gristle yeah you just you just ate a little flaming young that was actually uh Flaming young that was actually only donkey ball meat. Uh, yeah, donkey yeah. ball so, cut. So this was a game in which the line. I mean, look. First of all, this was not very good football. Um, 
it's interesting if you watch a, a Lions game like Detroit, Minnesota, such as last week, Detroit, Minnesota, and then you find yourself turning on another game, whether it's like Dallas playing or the Chargers. And it really does look like a, a different game altogether, a different brand of football. One of the things I notice is how much better other teams tackle. Like it's just some of the basic basics of football, like tackling, which if you watch too much Lions, you begin to feel like the the um, a, an attempt to tackle has about a success rate of like 25 to 35 percent. And you realize like, oh, for good teams, it's like 80 <laughs> percent, you know. So, yeah. you know, so overall, this was like pretty bad football. But Lions are on the road against uh, Minnesota, who is not great, but they're superior they have superior talent to the Lions. They have a better defense overall, and they have um, two world, two really good receivers. And for the first half, the Lions were down uh, significantly 13, uh, 13 to 6, 13 to 3, and then 13 to 6. And it really just didn't look like uh, Detroit was, was going to be able to do much of anything. My impressions, however, were uh, that the team was still playing hard, particularly on defense. This game, it it they couldn't cover Je- uh, Jefferson of the Vikings at all. I mean, it's just from a pure skill level and experience level. This may be one of the worst secondaries we've ever seen on the Lions, and that's saying a lot. Like this, they really just cannot cover guys. And that's a problem in today's NFL, even against, you know, a sort of middling quarterback um, of, you know, the, the type that. Um, uh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, a Kirk Cousins that the Vikings have. Anyways, as you know, those who paid attention to the game or watched highlights or watched the game know the Lions mounted a furious comeback in the very tail end of the game. Um Drove, uh, you know, not only scored um, scored a touchdown, but also uh, stripped. Came up with a huge defensive strip um, that gave us the ball back and got an opportunity to win the game on a um, two point conversion that I thought very wisely and with a lot of guts. Dan Campbell called um, with time running out in the fourth. Um, now, as, as a precursor to that, he had played it fairly conservatively up to then, not going for it on several fourth downs, um, letting Jack Fox do his thing. And Jack Fox had one of his punts was, I think it was his first punt of the game, was such a freaking beauty. It was like a 65-yarder that just completely out, it, it just went over the returner's head and I think he he was like, oh, but it'll probably go into the end zone. And then it just sort of died on the three-yard line or something. It was so sweet. Um, so, like, Jack Fox is a legitimate uh, field position weapon. But up until the fourth quarter, Dan Campbell had been playing it um, pretty conservatively, unlike past weeks. Um, he kicked a field goal early on when he could have gone for a fourth down. Um, and then, but boldly calls for the two point uh, conversion in the fourth quarter with timer running out calls a really nice play where 
up until then, um, uh, our, our QB, um, Mr. Jared Goff, had had a pretty suspect game, but he redeemed himself in the fourth with just a beautiful play um, while he was while there was a lot of pressure on to throw uh, a completion for the two-point conversion. And the Lions went up um, by one point with um, how many seconds left? 37 seconds left. Can I interject and, for just a moment? Yes. So in classic Lions fashion, at the two-minute mark, right before the, the, the fumble by the Vikings, uh, the win percentage for the Vikings, anyone want to guess? Extremely it's, high. <laughs> it's 16 to 9. It's 16 to yeah, 9. And there's it's two minutes left. It's 39. 99.9%. Wow. Oh, my God. 99.9%. The Lions swing it all the way to 82.3% in their favor. We have a 182.2% swing in the win percentage. Right. After after that touchdown and two point conversion, and I have to say, you all know what happens in right. the last thirty seven so seconds of that my game. Ex- my experience watching though was just I, I was shocked that they pulled ahead, and maybe I shouldn't have been because the Lions do in fact always find new and and fantastical ways to lose, but. I, I really felt that by this point in the season, being 0-4 and on the road and already being down and, and deflated after a really rough game, I just thought they would have given up. And the fact that they stripped the – we got a strip of the ball, which we really haven't gotten many turnovers. Our defense hasn't caused many turnovers. That was sort of shocking. And then the fact that they executed inside the red zone effectively, it just felt like to me, and this is maybe Dino's theme of the week. I was actually impressed. Oh, is this a new, is this a new segment? Dino's theme of the week. Theme of the week is I think Dan Campbell's doing a really good job. I think he's got, got these guys completely buying in and he really actually has, them playing pretty much to the top of their abilities, which are very substandard. That's why I picked them to go 0-17 because they don't, by the quality of their roster, they don't have any business winning any of these games. And yet he's got them really close by maximizing their effort and, and getting them to play together as a team. And they, they were really damn close. And then of course, on the final 37 seconds, well, what happened is they couldn't cover the receivers, which they couldn't do all game. And, you know, it really shouldn't have been a big surprise, but I think anytime a team can generate a, a, you know, a drive with 37 seconds left and I, and I don't think they had any timeouts left. It's always, you know, kind of exciting and feels a little bit remarkable, but, um, you know, in retrospect, the game sort of, uh, the Lions should have lost by more. I was, I came away from this game actually feeling pretty good about not the roster because the roster is horrible, but about the coaching staff and about where 
like, okay, so the only things that are good about the Lions, right, are the offense, supposedly the offensive line, and the offensive line made some critical errors in terms of pass protection. That's not there yet, but the running game still looks good to me. They were still able to get really good yards. I do think that's actually something they've done well this year. And um, the kicking game is still good. I don't know. Are there any other strengths? I mean, this receiving core got even worse after Quintez Cephas went down. He, I believe, is our number one receiver. And the guy who ended up catching our two-point conversion was um, Kadarel or Kaderil Hodge. If you know who Kaderil Hodge is and where he went to school, you win a new car because (laughs) no one knows who this guy is. Actually, I don't even think I've heard of his school. He went to Prairie View A&M. Oh, I've heard of that for sure. Oh, well, Todd's a big fan. I'm a big Prairie View A&M guy. I think he is the only person on earth and probably in human history to be named Kaderil. Maybe. It's a great name. Probably. And, um, and Prairie View A&M is a historically black college for, for those who don't know, yeah. including myself. Um, but yeah, they're actually, they're playing pretty, they're four and one this year and have a uh, beat Alcorn State handily. There you go. There you go. There you go. So, yeah. The, the thing that I found, and this is the cliche Monday morning quarterback complaint but watching that those last 37 seconds it's like why why are you rushing three people you're just they had like two or three timeouts if you rush three people they're going to get a 15 to 20 yard pass play and you get well, three Tyrick, of those i know it's pointless to actually talk about specific decisions did, made but you by didn't the watch the game before that you didn't watch and see how absolutely futile it was when they were rushing four or five <laughs> i guess so you're I only guess. and and there's been a lot of criticism of, uh, by not, the way by the way dino i will have you know that i actually did watch the previous game you may no, recall pre- that i know wa- no no the previous game but you didn't watch this i'm saying oh the no i did not up watch until that point no but they they held the vikings to to 16 points up to that well point. they it's true, but they could not cover their receivers at all. That's just a yeah. They they just can't cover people. It's it is what it is. And and saying to Dan Campbell, like, why don't you do X, Y, or Z? It's like, look at who he has in the back in his backfield. Yeah. In so here we, we I, talked about how each week, and maybe this was Lomas said this last week or the week before that. Or maybe it was Dino. Every week, the Lions bring in one play from the beyond. Right. And just is, and I don't know if there was exactly a play like that, but what this game gave us is a truly astonishing statistic that's kind of doubly amazing. Right. One is that never in the history of the league has a single team lost more than one game by a end of the game clock running out field goal of more than 50 yards. The lions have done it twice this season and we're only in, a row. in week five. Yes. Two out of the last three games they've done this in. 
I and think it fact, would be awesome. Both field goals were 54 or more yards. It would be awesome if the Lions lost 10 games that way this season <laughs> and the opposing kicker broke the record like on several of those. Like, by the end the point, of this. The end of the week season, they're kicking seventy-three yard field. Right, exactly, and it's just each like week. Holy each shit. week, a new guy breaks the record. Right, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. Right, but like and how that many? Would, how many of those would need to happen before you like were truly mystified beyond your current level of mystification? Like, if it happened two more times, I feel like I'd be like, "All right, well, that's unusual, that's surprising, but totally in the realm of the comprehensible." Right. I feel like you'd have to get to five or six before I was like, wow. Well, listen, I, this, this actually speaks to something that, uh, that I was a little um, surprised by. In our text thread this past week, I put in there, and I got no reaction to this at all, that the, the day that the Ford family bought the Lions, like signed the contract, <laughs> was the same day of the JFK assassination. In I actually spoke about that to my wife. So it did. I, I, I did. Okay. I was like, "Oh my God, Tall, you got to hear this!" But like, and she, that, she just looked what was at her me. Her response? Shook her head. Could she? Have she just looked at me kid? and shook her head. <laughs> yeah, She's just like, like whatever, man. Why? She's like, but dude, like, you need to change I, I, your ways. I think that that's significant. <laughs> like, it doesn't somehow. When I read, when I saw that, it didn't totally surprise me. I'm like, this was. No. A day of when bad things happened. I mean, this is one of the worst right. days in American history, the assassination of a president and the day when the Fords bought the Lions. This can't be a coincidence. I, I think it, I agree with you, Jer, but I think you might want to flip that. I think you might want to flip that. It was a bad day in American history. The Lions were bought by the Ford family <laughs> and JFK was assassinated. Yeah, that's right. kind of I mean, that's kind of could... this, the bat, the Robin to the Batman of the Lions acquisition. For yeah. sure. And if you could go back in time and prevent one of those, which would it be? <laughs> it's true. It's a tough I'd call. Have to, yeah, that's a I tough don't think call. it is. I don't think it's a tough <laughs> call at all. You'd, of course, prevent the Fords from buying the Lions. Are you kidding? I'd like, I'd like an Oliver Stone to make a three-hour movie, uh, like a paranoid, compelling narrative about yeah. the acquisition of the Lions, that it was some kind of like deep coup. From the yeah. Ford family. Well, there's got to be. Le- legend has it there is a Zapruder-like film of the moment when the Ford <laughs> signed the document, and it's like from all different angles. I mean, is there any? Is it possible the line the the Fords had something to do with assassinating JFK, <laughs> and that this and that this is what oh, allowed yeah. them to buy the Lions? It was a diversionary tactic. Yeah, I, I don't. I, yeah, I think it's entirely within the realm of possibility. Um, I mean, yeah, that's the hot take of the week, by the way, (laughs) right? A little bit. Um, the Ford family assassinated JFK to allow them to buy the, you heard, you heard it here first folks. I don't think, I don't think that's been talked about a lot, but, uh, I, I think maybe it should be. Look, I think this podcast could very quickly and easily turn into just a conspiratorial theory podcast about just everything lions that that the entire existence of the lions is is related to a whole bunch of dark arts and conspiratorial shit that's been going on in the world 
specifically since the Fords bought them. Because as we know, yes. before that, Lions are pretty fucking good. They were one of the best teams in the early NFL. Yeah. Yeah. So something's going on. But Dino, I have a question for Dino too. Um, and it has to do with like the, the chatter in the DM, the sports radio. And I just want to preface it for a second that, you know, I think a lot of that chatter usually is generated by going into a season. There's like, okay, there's some hope, you know, back yeah. when they still had Stafford, like we sh- maybe we'll do this or, you know, maybe we'll be good. And then when the season inevitably falls apart, there's just a lot of frustration and disappointment. Right. But this season, I don't think there was, I don't think I'd be surprised if there was a lot of disappointment because there wasn't much expectation going in, right. at least not for me. So what, what is the chatter? What's going on? Like in the free press sports section on the, the, you know, sports talk radio in the D like, what are people? Yeah. Talking? I mean, obviously the lions were never expected to make the playoffs and they've sort of done us a favor by not even teasing us this year. Right. right. I mean, there's no unexpected wins. I mean, So what I read, some of the stuff I read this week um, is like, yeah, definitely there's talk of like the curse this year because of the crazy way they've they've lost some of the games. But there's also, I think, some talk about how poor, how bad the roster is, especially in light of some recent injuries where. They're just playing guys off the practice squad left and right who who have never played in the NFL before for undrafted free agents, people like that. And how does Brad Holmes, the GM, really expected to evaluate Dan Campbell or or uh, Jerry Goff this season? Because Goff. So there's one really interesting statistic. They actually showed in uh, at the beginning of the game this week, which is Jared Goff became the first quarterback to ever uh, when playing for a new team for his first four games to have over a 90 uh, uh, quarterback rating for all first four games with a new team. And I was like, okay, that's I mean, I guess if you dig deep enough, you can find some weird statistics to support any quarterback. But when you sort of throw in that he's been doing it for the Lions and with like really no receivers, and especially Hawkinson has been like MIA the last few weeks, then I'm like, I don't know that he's really so bad, even though he's had turnover problems and all the rest. But uh, it it does feel sort of impossible to. I've watched, you know, almost all their all of his play and, and I'm just not ready to write him off. I mean, I guess the expectation is we will take a quarterback in the draft either this coming year or, uh, or the following year. But I, yeah, I don't really see how, um, how to evaluate him. I mean, he did have a poor game this past week. His quarterback rating was only 64% and uh, he only completed 60% of his passes for 200 yards, one interception, which was a really bad interception, um, and fumbled uh, again. But then again, he did throw that two-point conversion at the end. He he clearly has not hung his head and given up. And his quarterback rating on the year is 91. 91, he's thrown seven TDs and three interceptions. I just, 
I don't know. I don't think that's terrible given who he's working for, who he's working with. And I don't think the attitude in the D is, is too negative towards Campbell. I think, um, or Goff. I mean, it's just, it is what it is. No one's terribly disappointed. Um, look, I will say the Lions could easily be two and three if both those field goals get missed. I, I know it's always could have, should have, would have with this team. But um, let's say they were two and three. Would that make any difference? No. I mean, it would still be the same team. They, they wouldn't be any better. It would be a horrible development. Yeah, it would, it would be bad because we'd have worse draft stocks. So in a way... No, 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 no. It would oh. be bad because we would be caring a little bit about it. <laughs> right. We might be caring too much, which would be ridiculous. In some ways, it's kind of a blessing to me that they've essentially won two of these games and then lost them on 50-plus yard field goals because it had almost the same effect of a, of a win. Like, they played well enough to win, and yet they lost. And so... I don't know. I, I hope they do. I mean, let's let's get the best draft picks we can. There's no nothing else. There's no real reason to win. I would be happy if they lost every game on a last second field goal this year because it would show that they're competitive and uh, you know, and that they're really close to winning and then get give us the best possible draft picks. I think that's you know, the, the most optimism. The Lions translation of let's get the best draft picks possible is let's ruin the most promising careers possible. <laughs> that's, that's really what we have our eyes on here in the Detroit yes. Lions. Let's you know, essentially I, kidnap promising young <laughs> players, force them to move to Detroit, and ruin their psyches. And drafted yeah, number know, one by the Detroit Gulag is Spencer <laughs> Radler. You know, right. That makes me wonder if Spencer deliberately botched that game. He's like, I can't be too good or right. else I might get taken by the lions. That is a I'm just, brilliant take. You know what I, I mean? I love that concept. I'll just get yeah. pulled and like, and maybe the coaches are even like, listen, son, we want you to tank this one a little bit. We, it's for right. your own good. Take a fall. Take yeah. a future fall. agent is like, dude, trust this me. is dangerous. Right. It'll cost you up front. Good. It'll cost you up front with the backside. Cause he knows he's not going to the Jags. Because they got Lawrence. They're right. not picking a quarterback if they get no yeah. one. Um, and frankly, but we've, yeah, go, yeah ahead. go ahead. No, no. It's well, we've buried the lead here a little bit. Because yes. the biggest news, ultimately, that came out of this game did not happen during the 60 minutes of play. No. But, in fact, rather took place during the post-game news conference. Yes. In which our, our beloved, definitely telegenic, and compelling coach wept before the newscaster journalists of America. Um, and, and I thought, Dino, when you were talking about the chatter and the D on the, on the sports radio, that that would be the main thing people were talking about. Apparently people really like that. People really yes. like a coach crying yes. uh, after I'll tell a tough you, can, loss. Can I tell you why? Cause I thought long and hard about this and it, at first, it seemed weird. It's like our coach is crying. Is that, I mean, that seems like the most Lions thing of all Lions things to happen to a coach is breaking him within five weeks. This is the same guy who was full of biting kneecaps and just fighting spirit and reducing him to 
a tough man who's probably crying in public for the first time ever. And only the lions could do that. Like, I, you, you know, think there but, was a chance. Do you think anywhere in the world there was a, you could have waged that bet? Like how long oh, will it take till he cries in public? Right. Cries during a press four and a half weeks was the over under. I took the over. <laughs> wow. Yes. Oh. That is such a good, that would be an amazing bet. And yet, I, my initial, especially watching it, I, there's no shame in that game. I loved watching it. And I'll tell you why, because I've never cried. Dino is, I don't think I've actually ever cried after a Lions loss. And the fact that this guy cares more than me, I've never felt that from a coach before. I mean, of course I've felt that coaches care more about their own career than they do about, um, you know, so they're, cry- you know, they might feel shitty about being the Lions coach because of that. But I Rumor actually... Rumor has it that John Gruden's been crying a lot over the last <laughs> week. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. just yelling out. And uh, yeah. But I actually <laughs> believe it when he said that he was crying out of like love for the team and his guys who played really hard and suffered another horrible defeat. I actually, I think the guy's totally genuine. I think he actually cares. And those were, those were real tears by a real man that I, I am ready to ride and die with this dude. I I really hope he survives this year. um, And, and is part of this rebuild. I think he's been, by far the best, aside from Jack Fox, the mega god of hunters, he is the best <laughs> thing about the Lions. And uh, I love watching him. I, he makes it, I don't know, I, he's someone to root for. I agree. I was, I was psyched about it. I think it's a good sign. Uh, you got to let it out, man. You got to let yeah. it out. And he I mean, let it all the way out. It's, it's, either, it's either you let it out or... Seven or eight years from now, you throw yourself from a speeding van on the freeway. There's only two options. I just, I, I love right. him. He's got a, I mean, the part of it also is you got to figure on some level, he knows like, we're not going to get this close that many more times this season. He's has looked at the schedule. Like he knows right. that they have probably two, maybe three winnable games left on the schedule. And he just doesn't want the goose egg. 17. Yeah. Yeah. Just one win. He just, just the man just. But I do think win. what's going on with your sound there, Dino. Interesting. Sorry, I know. I'm trying to I trying to plug in here because there's scratchiness. Um, which may just be my computer crying um over with <laughs> from too many lines. You take it into the Apple store and they're like they're fussing <laughs> around with it in the back. They're like, How many hours of lines highlights have you watched on this thing? <laughs> Right. And, and it's like worse than getting reading like, about the you lions. Take it in and they're like, you watch a lot of pornography. They're like, right. this is an awful <laughs> lot of lions highlights on your computer. Right. You have a lot of <laughs> lions highlight related viruses on your computer. Um, <laughs> they're like, I know it's happen. not my place to judge. <laughs> right. You ought to get some help here because this is worse for you than it is for your computer. <laughs> right. And it's very bad for your computer. <laughs> right. Like, we are, you ought to be ashamed. <laughs> these are actually some of the few viruses we just can't do anything about we have well no- that would be kind of interesting is there 
maybe money in creating a special software product like those that will prevent kids or even adults from watching porn. The chip. Yeah, that could ban ban all lions related content from your computer, at least for a certain amount of time. I mean, there could be real money to be made. I like yeah. That. Well, I like that. That's I know I like Uncle Ted's idea of it's the NFL package minus the Lions, <laughs> and this yes, is a but, similar thing. But then I feel like you could still just bury yourself in highlights and reading about the Lions. I think you need those of us with real, real bad rural need you know need a little bit more. So yeah. what if what if it wasn't what if it was um, the idea was that it's like a plug-in that. If when you click on a hot alliance highlight, it kind of rip rolls you and it takes you to like Tom Brady highlights or like Barry Sanders highlights or anything but the actual highlights you're trying to watch. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. I'd settle for that. So um, let me interject here one minute. So it's quarter after six. So we have about 15 more minutes. Do we want to talk about Rams are awesome at all? Do we want to talk talk about Rams are awesome? We do. Because yeah, the best right. thing about this week end was that I already had in the bank the right. Rams victory that felt yes. very good. It was a nice. It wasn't a great game, but it was a uh, it was a return to form. They they stayed close to the division lead, and Stafford had a monster second half in particular. Mm-hmm. It was not a great first half performance. That team is explosive. There was a yeah. Did you guys did you watch any of that? Because it was national televised game. Did you watch some of it, Lomas? No, I did not watch, but I kind of followed it. And I was just really intrigued because I'm like, all right, Matt, in in the the Maddie staff, the new Maddie staff is coming off his first loss as a Ram. What's gonna happen? Like, what's what's it gonna look like? And I know the Seahawks are not like the greatest version of themselves. Like, I think their defense is not great. But still, they're the Seahawks, and for him to bounce back and beat Russell Wilson is pretty cool. Well, the thing about that game that was interesting is they, the Rams looked like they had put it away, and then it turns out that Russell Wilson can't come in because of what eventually turns out to be a broken finger. Mm. And they put in Geno Smith, and you're like, this game's over. Like the right. Rams, I think, had like a nine-point lead or something like that. And then Geno Smith comes in and proceeds to drive – like a 75 yard touchdown drive and you're like crap. And the Rams are barely up at all. And it's close. They get the ball back and score a touchdown in like two minutes. They just fly down the field with like a series of like 25 yard passes from Stafford. And uh, they are, uh, they're an imperfect team. They definitely have some work to do, but they're, very explosive and he's it's a real I've come to realize that Stafford is I don't follow baseball enough to have the good an- analogy but he's a home run hitter yeah he's just that dude is a home run hitter and yeah. he's gonna he's gonna strike out a little bit more than the average guy uh but man when he connects it's super yeah. dangerous he's a big play quarterback yeah it's like just great it. watching watching him air it out I mean I always as a lion just love that just unleash that cannon. And, you know, it can obviously be dangerous when you throw in a coverage play, but, but it seems like the Rams are doing it in a smart way where he is going for home run balls that don't typically lead to turnovers either. It's kind of like either it's going to be a touchdown or incompletion. Um, 
So, uh, you know, he's, he's obviously doing great living well. So, so brother Ted, though, I, I do want to mm. ask you, yes, the, the Rams play the giants next. So that the giants are, are maybe the only team in, in similar disarray to the, uh, uh, lions, um, and the, uh, Jaguars. And did then you hear what happened? Did you hear what happened to the giants last week in one half? Yeah, they lost their quarterback and running back. And Kenny Galladay. Oh, Galladay went down? I didn't hear that. They lost lost in the same half their quarterback, number one running back, and number one wide receiver to injury. Yeah. Can you imagine? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I can imagine. The Rams should win that game handily. The horrible thing in my life is I am not going to be able to watch the Lions-Rams game. Oh. I'm going to be actually at a camp committee meeting at a certain camp that you two boys know quite well. Wow. Where I will be running the meeting, as a matter of fact. So wow. that might be good. But, okay, so that's yeah. what I was going to ask about. Are you going to ask okay. who I'm rooting for? Yeah, what's your mindset going into that game? Is it just go Stafford, go Rams, crush the Lions? Or do you, what, I mean, how do you... What's your emotion? Yeah, uh, I haven't thought this through completely. I definitely want Stafford to throw somewhere between 350 and 500 yards. <laughs> I'd like like a four TD day. Maybe I don't think that's TD. a problem. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. I definitely want the Rams to win. Yeah. I, and I say that in part because of the larger context. Again, if the Lions are coming into that game, three and two and kind of still on the playoff hunt, I would maybe have different feelings. But to me, I, I, I place high value on, I, I want the Rams to have home field at least for one round of the playoffs. I want them to make it. Now, right. I want Stafford to get a playoff win, at least one. So I'm rooting for the Rams. I guess I don't want the, I, I don't want the Lions to be humiliated. Uh, at least not on <laughs> on offense as well. Like I wouldn't mind like a 41 to 34 game where the lions kind of hang in there. Um, Is it in Detroit? Is the game in Detroit? I actually think it isn't, but I don't remember. Let's check. Uh, Don't recall. We're going to find that. Does it matter? I mean, well, I mean, the reason I ask is because I think of in in recent lions history, you know, when Barry left, it was like weird and sudden and not that there was exactly, I don't think there was like bad blood exactly. It was just weird though. And he quit Mm -hmm. like on the eve of training camp and it was kind of weird. And then um, Megatron, there definitely was bad blood with like money and the timing of it and all that. But, but staff, like number one, he didn't quit, but he got traded, but I feel like he'll be welcome back with open arms. Like, I think there's still right. a lot of love for Matt. Oh, I, well, so no, here's the thing. It's in Los Angeles. Okay. Okay. So, all right. It's so it's Angeles. not exactly it's a, a home- it's a three o'clock game. Okay. So uh, it's not a homecoming, no. but I guess it's the next best thing. I mean, my guess would be that. Well, and it's a know, homecoming he, for golf. That's true. It's a homecoming for golf, but who cares? Like, I don't think, I don't think he'll get a warm reception. No, you know, now that he's, it'll be awkward. Yeah. He's going to want that game. He's going to want that game badly. Yeah. But what does that even mean? I mean, you know, it means that he's going to be badly disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, 
So he's going to ah. throw to whom? Um, yeah. Well, so Dino, let me throw it back to you and to Lone. I mean, we're getting ahead of ourselves. The game's not for two. For, sure. for yeah, two let, weeks, we have time but. to talk about that later. Let's guess the line for. So this coming week, we've got the Bengals sitting at three and two visiting the Lions of Detroit. If you guys mm. haven't looked so far, guess what the line is today, as of today. So just to give some background, they they have had their three and two. All of their games have been within a field goal, except okay. a 14-point win against the Steelers. Beat okay. the Vikings by three, lost to the Bears by three, lo- beat the Jags only by three, right. lost to the Packers in a weird game. I, I, su- mm-hmm. I suspect you guys heard about that um, Yeah, by three. So they're coming to the Detroit. It's in Detroit? It's in Detroit. Yeah, I'm guessing... I actually think this is going to be like Cincinnati minus two and a half. I think it's going to be close because the Lions are the the Bengals are not necessarily very good. Mm-hmm. Oh, is Burrow even playing? Didn't he leave the game with some crazy? He had to go to the hospital with a neck injury. Oh, like really? I don't know. Not a, like a nerve spinal mm-hmm. one, but like oh. a contusion or something to his his neck. Uh, that that'll I'm, definitely. I'm going to say watch. I'm going to say Cincinnati minus two and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got a throat contusion. I don't know what that means for him this week. Yeah. Impossible loam. What do you say? Uh, I don't know. I think the perception is that the Lions are still so bad. I think it's got to be minus like seven, a full touchdown. For the Bengals. yeah, for the Bengals. Yeah, Brother Ted is closer, indeed. I mean, you got to always remember, home uh, It's you know, home teams don't typically get picked by that. Uh, home you dog. Know, home dogs by that much. So the line is right. Cincinnati minus three and a half right now. Uh, I, was um, I was close. Which is close. So last week, I want to ask you guys this. Last week, I actually did bet $15.00 against the Lions. So I you bet got the worst of all possible worlds last week. <laughs> well, did I though? Because that was baked into the the whole process, right? Was on the one hand, if the Lions uh lose and, and lose by, you know, in that case seven and a half, I win I win 15 bucks, which I feel good about. And then if they cover I feel good because they played better than expected. I feel like I love that you of, don't even expect them to win is a possibility. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> just no. not losing by a lot is a victory. Yeah, of course. That's what it's come to. Yes, <laughs> verify that. So I, I, it did <laughs> do weird things to my emotions because when the Lions came back and took the lead, I was like, "Holy shit, you got to be kidding me! They're going to do this." But then I realized they could win, and that got me a little excited for a minute. And then, right, but then when, you know, the uh, Vikings came back and won, but only with a field goal, if they had thrown like a touchdown, oh, no, that still wouldn't have covered, actually. But, yeah, so that was, you know, it it was a little disappointing, but at least I sort of, I don't know, it it, in case they had got blown out, I feel like it's kind of buying myself a little insurance policy. So do I... Do I can you got to keep this? Well, well, let me ask you a question. Does your wife know you're betting on sports now? Then I'm betting on the Lions. Um, <laughs> no, are you kidding me? Why would I right. possibly tell her that? 
And so here's the other the other thing to keep in mind. In other words, lion. you're asking, are we getting divorced? <laughs> I just wonder if 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 you know. I, I don't want I don't want to make any claims or guesses about your larger financial situation. Fifteen dollars isn't a lot of money, but has she signed a, off on this? Pandora, uh, that is a pan. <laughs> what if she was? What if, if it turns out that she's betting the other way, but like three oh. times as much money? She's betting the Lions to cover. The Lions are Jesus. three and two against the right. spread so far this season. By the way, yeah, true, true. I know. So, I feel like betting against them is a weird thing, and that's. Look, the wise guys know that the Lions are still playing hard. That's why yeah. the Lions only three and a half. That's part of the reason is because they know this team hasn't quit. Uh, so interestingly, uh, the Rams at the Giants this week, I mean, that's got to be the biggest line, right? But even that's only Rams by 10 and a half. That's like seems to be the maximum you can pick a road team to win by. Yeah, I mean, they don't. Yeah. You don't the the cartoonish comical spreads really only exist in football where you'll in see college like, football. Yeah, like Georgia yeah. minus twenty nine against exactly. Like someone. Right. I mean, yeah, it's a weird science the football spread. Yeah, it, it's picturing Rams winning by fourteen isn't very hard to do, but it seems like it's who actually it's, determines the lines. There's Why is dudes guys? employed by these. By these places, I mean they're the wise guys. Yeah, wise guys. they are the they are essentially the and what they're trying to do is, is make the lines enticing enough for you to bet. Yeah. You know, they're trying to get that right score, but also, oh, really? Like what they want you to think is, oh my god, the lions suck. They're zero and five, and and Cincinnati's three and two. Of course, I'll bet in Cincinnati, but that was the same you know thinking that made me bet on the Vikings last week, essentially. And, and here we go. You know, they know what they're doing. So with our final two minutes, we obviously have to devote 30, 90 seconds of that to our roar, but uh, let's get some, <laughs> let's get some guesses on the score here. So again, it's, it's Cincinnati minus three and a half. Is that right? Three. Yes. Yes. All right. Lomas. Man. I'm going to say, given the way the Lions have been playing, the, and Cincinnati doesn't seem like a powerhouse or anything, I'm going to go with one of these shitty low scores again. I'm going to say like, uh, I'm going to say 17-13 Bengals. So they cover. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Wait, Dino, are you betting again? I don't know. I'm trying to. You, I really decide. want you to. I know it's it's not my money, but I'd really like to see you do. We this really again. want you to bet. We need we need a larger sample size to know what okay. this feels like. I you won't tell Rachel. Yeah, off. I feel like it kind of worked last time. I was okay losing that fifteen dollars um, because in having the Lions cover that actually did feel pretty good. I am going to once again bet that Cincinnati will will cover. Um, however, my actual prediction is I think I will lose again. And I think the wise guys know what they're talking about and, and that this final score will be 20 to 19 Cincinnati. Nice. Mm. I was going to say something very similar. I think the lions are going to cover and lose. Yeah. Cause that's, that's their sweet spot. Yeah. Cover and lose. Right. Cover and lose. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going 14 13. 
Again, like like Lomas, a low scoring, yeah. ugly game. Yeah. Uh, and and I also I'm going to predict that the Lions are up for most of the second half. That 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 second Cincinnati touchdown comes in the final two minutes of the game. I'm, I'm going to double. You're not thinking field goal. No, well, it's 14-13. They're going to lose two oh. touchdowns in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I'm because I'm hoping for if they if and when they lose, I'm definitely hoping for another uh, last second field goal. I feel like that's just that's sort of the theme of this season, and it would be yeah. cool to keep it going. Yeah, it would be. Well, cool. it could be a hail mary. Maybe we'll get a hail mary. Oh, with that, time running out. Yeah, that as we cool. know, it's called the hay mary in in Detroit <laughs> opponents. And did you guys see also that Ragnow's out for the season? Oh God, yes. yeah, that's not good for the Lions. No, in addition to Cephas, no. Ragnow no. is a I professional mean, football player. Listen, He's right. one of losing, the few professional football players on the Detroit Lions. Listen, losing Cephas was a blow. I mean, <laughs> I that really staggered me. And I just was, you know, he was poised for a, a great year. And, you know, he was, this was his time. And it's just so tragic. And also Ragnow. And it puts a real burden on Amon St. Ra to rise to become our number one receiver. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, I don't know. Well, it doesn't St. Ra well. is, Amon is like, he's still a few games away from making that leap. You know, I, <laughs> he, we're going to, we're rushing him into it. I mean, hey, He's a professional. He'll deliver. But, you know, I just, boy, I don't want to be him right now. Well, it doesn't, but the Ragnow uh, injury does not bode well for the fact that Goff is not very good at holding on to the ball. Yeah. Right. Is, he's got a lot of turnovers. Incidentally, one yeah. of the great things about Stafford's season so far, do you know how many times he's been sacked after five games? I'm guessing uh, very few. Yeah. Four times. Less than once a game makes right. a big difference. So it's playing this, vertical. So this is standing up easily. This has got to be the best year of his life since getting drafted by the Lions. Oh, I I assume I mean, this is the best year of his life since he realized that a penis could be used for something other than urinating <laughs> out of. That's what I'm going to say. It's that delightful. I mean, this might be just. The best year since marrying his smoking hot wife and having the right. I mean, think about every every morning he wakes up and there's like a split second before he's like, holy shit, I'm not on the lines anymore. And it's delightful right, yeah. all over again as to sort of consciousness comes back into focus. Yeah, and he's like, right. He looks out the window. He's like, why are there palm trees out there? So, I wonder if I wonder if he, you, if he has. Well, oh yeah, I, I wonder if he has dreams like I still have dreams sometimes to this day as like a 50 year old grown man that I find myself like back in high school. I don't know if mm. you guys ever had this where somehow it's come to light that I never graduated or like there's one test I still need to take. And it's very confusing and I haven't been to the classes. And then and then I wake up and I'm like, oh, thank God. And like even in the dream, I'm like, I think I'm married and like have kids and I'm 50 years old. Why am I still in high school? I wonder if, I wonder if Stafford has dreams like nightmares that he's still on the lions. And then he wakes up and he's just like, ah, oh, thank God. Well, it's not, uh, it's just a dream. Oh, I'm sure he does. Along those lines, being on the field with other lions uniforms, 
mm. is going to freak him out. Trigger a flashback. Yeah. Like he's going to have PTSD. He's going to throw like seven interceptions that are like, he keeps accidentally throwing to the Lions players. And still the Lions will lose. <laughs> the Lions will lose 56 yeah. to 53. They'll cover the spread. They'll, they they'll will. Lose. They'll definitely yeah. cover the so, spread. What I'm curious about is Stafford, you know, in addition to surviving the Lions, he all, his smoking hot wife also survived brain surgery. And which one is he now more grateful for, that he's no longer on the Lions or that his wife survived the surgery? Like when he wakes up and he's like, holy crap, is my wife okay? Am I still on the Lions? Which one makes him like happier? That's a the tough Lions. one. It's got to be the Lions because with the brain tumor, that could have gone away. I mean, the surgery was successful. It's good. But, you know, maybe it's not deadly. Maybe it, a miracle could have happened and go away. There's no, there's no miracle with the Lions. Right. As long as the, you're on the that brain, team. The brain tumor is to the assassination of JFK as staff getting off the Lions as yes. is to the Fords buying them. I mean, I Indeed. think we all know. Right. Uh, all right. I, I think, think we got to roar this shit out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, lay it, I, lay down the base, brother T. Any, any pointers in possible Lomas before we can you, can you roar? One thing I've noticed, Dino, I don't know if you've noticed this as well. Impossible Lomas as impossible Lomas has like, are there contractual issues? Are you being like, did you get a cease and desist letter in the mail? Cause, cause you have not embodied impossible actual Lomas at almost at all yes. this season. It's, That's a it's good point. true. Well, I think there was a, a, a point during last season when we kind of shelved L- L- Lomas and I'm kind of waiting for him to be invited back onto the show. Okay. Right. right. Maybe all next right, well, week. Impossible Next week well. might be you might want to polish your game there because uh, I got a feeling there's going to be Lomas's corner next week. I'll, I'll, I'll dig deep. I'll dig deep. Lomas's yeah. lair. Lomas's lair. All right, yeah. here we go. Ready? Ready? <clears throat> Roll. That was a wow, weird guys. Game. That I don't know what happened there. Like Dino, you started below, and then you were doubling. Yeah. You were doubling on. The I game. know. I started at a weird note. On take that. two. I, take I, two. I tried. Uh, guys, okay. you know what? We always take two, so I guess this should be no different. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm gonna go a little lower. Yeah. All right. I want to try and find a place between that and that real Roar. deep note. I'll started. give. Want me to give you a note? Hit me. Roar. 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 I hope that was a, that was a trio. That was a soft and gentle roar. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. that was nice. That was a heartfelt nice. in sympathy with Dan Campbell. The, we're our name is the Crying Campbells, and we're going to be here all week in the lounge. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We play exclusive, exclusively funeral dirges <laughs> in three-part harmony. Yes. It's All right, the only man. way to go. All right, guys, until next Be week. Be well. I expect you to lay that money down. I yeah, already do have. It. Do it. <laughs> See you guys. Later. Bye.